There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I start with a legend. He really is Liverpool, Ireland. And he can play a bit of golf too because you see he's coming to the Legends Tour, which is coming to Seapoint Golf Club in County Loud between the 22nd and the 25th of June. And Ronnie Whelan will be playing in the Celebrity Series on Thursday the 22nd. Ronnie, good to have you with us. Great to hear everything okay. Everything really good. Thanks indeed for joining me on the show today. This series, this celebrity series, is a big one because there's a huge prize at the end of the day and you celebrities play for your nominated charities. Who are you playing for, Ronnie? Um, I, I haven't even thought about it yet, to say the truth. <laughs> I'll put you in the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on that one, yeah. I've just been a... I've just been asked to turn up, but I don't think they think I'll ever win it. I've tried it a couple of times, and um, I'm not getting very close to winning it. Yeah, we but won, we won the team. We'll, we won yeah. the team one up in Ross Pennant with um, Alan Hansen, his wife, and Paul Laurie. Right. And what an experience to watch a, an open champion play golf right in front of you. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable what they can do with a golf ball. That's, that's why I love going. Was Hansen as good on the, uh, with the small ball as he was defending the bigger one? I played with him yesterday and he played off too. Oh, does he? But, um, but I won, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and Ronnie, what do you play off? I'm off 10. All right, well done to you. That's a great hole. And uh, did he pay up? No, he, I, I had to get the lunch as well. It was even at my golf club, I had to get everything. <laughs> And he is Scottish, remember? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking uh, myself. Yeah. But look, you've been very good. I know uh, in the past, of course, um, um, the uh, your daughter's charity you uh, set up and supported and raised huge money as well. And other charities you've been very good to over the years as well. So you will pick somebody ahead of the event to nominate. Yes, most definitely. My daughter's... Um Charity was myasthenia, which was a severe muscle weakness, which I did a lot of work for. They've all moved everything now to England, so I don't do as much with that. My daughter's doing great now. Yes. And the Marie Keating Foundation. And if it was anyone, it would be the Marie Keating Foundation. Okay. Um, I, I know Ronan and Gary Keating and Linda, that their that mum died of cancer years ago. And they say if it was today, she would have lived. So mm. they do an awful lot of work for for. And I, have, I do have a, a, a golf day at three points. Um, I have done for the last four or five years, which is for the Marie Keating Foundation as well. So, um, yeah, if, if there was any, it would be that one. 
Oh, good on you. Good on you. And a fantastic charity it, it is too. In terms of, of this this event, the Legends Tour, the great and good are coming to Sea Point between the 22nd and the 25th of June. These days, you mentioned they're playing with Paul Laurie. What is it like, you know, to be... You said Laurie was amazing. What are they like, these wonderful pros who've been so successful in their careers, to be out there with? Do you? How do they treat you? How do you get on? Are you in awe of them? You are, actually. You know, you're standing there. I remember playing one years ago in Celtic Manor and standing beside me just as I was teeing up was Colin Montgomery. It was for his mother's charity that year. Mm. And I hit the ball just about, just about got it. And I looked around and I seen Colin Montgomery and I said, I can't believe how nervous I was there. Colin Montgomery said to me, that's how we are in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> he said, you can't believe how much pressure is in the Ryder Cup. But these players, they, they will give you advice if you ask them. Yeah. They won't get involved. They'll just leave you play. But they're magnificent. If you want advice, they'll do everything for you. They'll show you you're setting up right or you're setting up wrong. Um, they'll give you and, and tell you where to hit it. They don't just walk away and leave you. Mm. So it is great to be. It is great to be involved with them. You uh, in your footballing days, did you play golf? Then a lot of players did. You know, when you finished training or whatever, golf became part of uh, of life. Are you playing a long time? It was not really like that Liverpool. Um, Shankly started it, Bob Paisley then continued it. They felt it took too much out of your legs playing around the golf in the, in the week and then having to play football on a Saturday. So I didn't really take it up seriously till I left Liverpool. Mm. Um, I was about probably 23 when I, when I, around that age, I went down to South End to play and I had a lot of time on my hands there. So I started to take lessons and started to get a bit better. Um, I was delighted when I got to I got the single ha- handicap, single figure handicap. I got down to seven, Brilliant. but age is catching up now, so mm. <laughs> nah. it's, um, it's getting harder. <laughs> it's a wonderful achievement to hit single figures. Isn't that interesting that Shankly uh, and Paisley as well weren't that fond of it? What about today with the modern player? Do they fill their time with golf, or how is it looked on by the modern manager? No, I have seen... I play a place called Southport Nainsdale, and I have seen... Milner, um, Lalana, and, and other Liverpool players having around there. Mm. So it can't be frowned on completely. You know, you're not going to be allowed to go Friday or Thursday or something like that. You know, yes. if you have no midweek game, you go out on a Wednesday, and that, I, I, I would say that would be okay. Mm. But I wouldn't think um, every day of the week would be would be happy. This is a fantastic event, just to remind listeners, coming to the northeast between the 22nd and the 25th of June. There's a pro-am on Wednesday and then everything opens up with Ronnie and the crew in the Celebrity Series from Thursday the 22nd until the Sunday. Tickets are available from legendstour.com forward slash tickets. That's legendstour.com forward slash tickets. Um, While I have you with me, you mentioned uh, several Liverpool players and, of course, you're deeply involved in analysis of the game. Um, City, three in a row, Arsenal away. I'm an Arsenal fan myself, Ronnie. Sorry about that night yeah, in Liverpool. I mean, you know, something it was always going to happen. Was it? They've not been through it before. There's a lot of young yeah. lads in that team. I never expect them to win the league. They've had a magnificent season. You're still hearing some Arsenal fans moaning. I think that he's brought them a long way, Arteta, in a, in a couple of seasons. You know, they, they were young, they were raw, they'd not been experienced winning the league ever. City have been experienced. They've what, five in the last six or something. Mm. Um, and they breezed, they breezed through it in the end. They had enough players, enough big squad to go on and do it. But I, I think it's been a great season for Arsenal. But City are too strong. They're too strong for everyone at the minute. And will that continue for the foreseeable? 
Well, that's how you think Dolmer said about the fair play, you know, the, the financial fair play that's been mentioned a lot about Man City. Um, see, Juventus got docked 10 points this morning because of their financial situation and what they did wrong. Um, I don't know I don't know when it's going to come to a head. About, they keep talking about it, don't they, about Man City, financial fair play. At the moment, nothing's ever happened. But um, they, are, they, they have got a lot more money than everybody else, don't they? So mm. they can't play. But I remember actually when Mark Hughes got the job at Man City, when money started to come in, and Alex Ferguson said, yeah, it's, it's all well and good to have loads of money, but you've got to buy the right players. Mm. Uh, Man City have done that. Fergie done that himself when he had the money. Yeah, you have to buy the right players to build a team. Mm. Um, I down the line, I can see Arsenal doing it. You know, Arteta is in there. Um, he's learned off Pep and he's playing very, very well. Mm. Um, City, of course, say that there, there's been no impropriety, and we have to accept that until otherwise yeah. proven. But uh, what yeah, about yeah. what about Newcastle, who have similar type of money? And uh, you know, we're watching Manchester United. Whoever buys United could be a Middle East interest as well. Would propel them perhaps into the City ballpark? Yeah, but that's the way football's gone, hasn't it? Mm. You know, Newcastle, as you say, the load of money goes in. They get better players, and they finish Champions League spot. Um, so that's that's what um, that's what Chelsea were looking for. But there's another example: Chelsea spent six hundred million or whatever, mm. and they're halfway down the table. Mm. So you've got to get the right players in if you if you are lucky enough to get the money. Mm. What about Liverpool, Ronnie? You're you're closer to Liverpool than anybody. You, you know what's going on there. Where do they stand? What has Klopp to do this summer? Um, it's got to freshen the place up with the you know the the day the game at the weekend when the likes of Firmino and Milner and Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. They, they've had their stint. They've done their job. Um, it's, it's difficult, but it's, you, you have to move people on. You have to be able to build a squad. I think Klopp may have missed the chance. And I think he's, he's... You look at it and you think, does he really, really expect Elliot and Jones and other young ones to come through? Is this why they're not dipping into the transfer market more? Um, but I think they should have uh, gotten more players in in that midfield position that they needed. It doesn't look like Bellingham will come, which would have been a great sign. But they need players of that ilk, that that good Bellingham. Declan Rice would be a good sign from me for Liverpool. McAllister from Black uh, from Brighton, another big one. But they've got to build a big squad. There's three or four midfielders in there that can rule the game. They can run the game. They haven't had that for a while. Um, but they have been a little bit, and, and everybody will say the same thing, they've been a little bit unlucky with injuries this mm. year. Mm. You know, they played every game they could last season, and a few players might have been fatigued, and then they started picking up injuries. Um, I think, yeah, it would, have been, it would have been better if everybody stays fit, but everybody will say they had injuries. Mm. But he needs, to, um, he needs to go out and buy, freshen the whole place up a bit. But don't bring in seven or eight. Bring yes. in three or four or five, maybe. Mm. Watch this space the summer. Will the neighbours stay up? Um, I, you know what? I do hope they do. Mm. You know, the new stadium's there. Um, I, I know so many Evertonians. I was talking to the, the boxer, Tony Bellew, who plays at the golf club the other day, and he said, oh, I'm so, I'm so frightened of the whole thing. And it's a big, a big middleweight boxer or whatever his weight is. He's a big Evertonian, and he said he's very, very worried. And I suppose all Evertonians are. But the good thing for Everton, it's in their hands. If yeah. they win the game, they stay up. Mm. So they, they, it's, it's all down to them now, the mm. players. What about the Holy Grail for City, the Champions League? Inter Milan ain't going to stop them, are they? You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think Man United has stopped them either. Mm. Um, but funny things happen. 
Wimbledon were not supposed to stop Liverpool in 88, but they did in the cup final. Um, so things are possible, but I think City are so far ahead. Um, Pep's ideas of how to play football, he starts moving full backs into midfield when they get the ball and things like this, which Trent Alexander-Arnold's just started to do. Pep has been doing this for a long time. His, um, his ideas are magnificent. The players that he brings into the club are magnificent. Um, it, it'll be a big, it'll be a shock to me if they don't get the treble. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Two great weekends coming up, the Cup and then the uh, Champions League. Just on the Irish front uh, as well, uh, we have a tough group uh, we're in and you know, even to get third place in that group would be a, a big achievement. Where, where do you stand on where Irish football is at international level, where it's going? I'm happy that Stephen Kenny's been left in charge. Um, a lot of people don't see it that way. I, I do. He seems to be bringing young lads through. It's, it's been a big... Um, a big change in squads. Um, Ferguson's now coming through, which is great. You get a player like that coming through, everybody gets a lift. Um, so unlucky against France. Um, at home, you get beat 1-0, haven't played really, really well. That's, I think, the, the problem Ireland have got. They cannot push it over the line. They, I, I went and they played against Portugal a couple of years back and Ronaldo late on scored a a couple of goals to beat them to one I think it was in Faro something whatever it was um, but these they, they for me leave Stephen Kenny in there he's getting all the players coming through new players coming through the same ideas they've all want the same ideas they tried to pass it they try and play the way out the back gets a bit frightening at times but give them they don't, you know don't be going screaming and shouting and saying everything's wrong I think there's a way forward. I think it it, it, it will get better. Good. Um, Good. The younger kids are coming through and and they look half decent now. Mm, this Ferguson lad is something else. Well, he's shaping up, isn't he, to be a superstar? It'd be great. To, to, you know, in the Irish club, we know he can't pull out like Declan Rice and, and mm. um, Grealish did. He can't do that. He's born and bred. He's Irish. He's one of ours. He wants to play for Ireland. Um it's great. He looks a really, really smashing footballer, big, strong, and he's still only 18, 19 years of age, which is great. Mm. When you were out on the golf course, coming back to the golf before we finish, you know, you uh, said to me there about the pros, they'll give you advice if you ask, and they're fantastic to be with. Do you get this type of interrogation? Well, not to this extent, probably on the golf course, but when people play with you, they love to talk about you and your career and football. Do you get that as well when you're going round? Um, yeah, but you get more of um, what's Stevie G like. Ah, I've never met. Well, I've met Stevie G, but <laughs> I don't know. It's not about our era. It's yes, the era. Yeah, the era is the players now. Do you ever see the players now? Do you see Salah? Do you ever meet him? And you know, so it's it's. I'm the old man now. Times have moved on. Uh, they want to talk about the younger the younger ones. Um, football was a different game since the Premierships come in. Yeah. Um, but but a great. Great spectacle most weeks. Mm. There are some terrible games, and I'm getting fed up with time wasting now. Mm. Referees are doing an awful job with time wasting. Um, it's just too much. There was a game today, was it? Liverpool, someone, and the ball was only in play for 43 minutes, 10 seconds. It's a 90 minute game. Yeah. It's just unbelievable that the ball has ever played that long. Mm. Referees have got to step up and give 10, 15 minutes extra time if, yes. if, if need be. They did it in the World Cup, Ronnie, and I believe it's going to happen in the Premier League next year. We'll believe it when we see it, but this is what they're talking about anyway. It'd be most welcome. It would be most welcome. We've even seen everything. The goalkeeper catches it and falls down on his face. It stays there for ages. Um, a throw-in comes and someone stands over the ball, um, gets a towel, wipes it. 
Um, another half a minute's gone. You know, the fella goes down injured and he, another minute's gone. It's just eaten and eaten away. Um, it's what the lower teams want. But, I, you know, I, Newcastle came to Anfield and started, started from the very first minute time wasted. Now, this is a team who spent loads of money. It's supposed to be a big club. It's supposed to be a great team. But all they wanted to do was time waste. Mm. And it's catching up to every team now. Because they're getting away with it is the problem. Yes. Until the referees all get together out of this. FA or whatever, get together and say, listen, we need to do something. We've got to be able to do it. Get a timekeeper in the stand, and he's the one who keeps the time when the ball goes out of play, stops the clock, waits, throw in, go, yeah, on, put the clock back on. They need something like that because it's getting ridiculous. Mm, it certainly is, and it's more like showbiz at times with the, the acting that goes on on the pitch. Anyway, yeah. um, you're coming to the Legends to play on the Thursday in the Celebrity Series, the 22nd of June at Seapoint Golf Club. You're practising, obviously, when you're out with Hanson, you're doing a lot of practising. You're taking this more seriously than you're pretending to us today, Ronnie Whelan. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if any people are there watching... Keep out of the way because it could go anywhere when I hit it. <laughs> Not off ten, are you joking me? You can hit it down the fairway. Keep it on the short stuff for sure. Do you play many times? You know, do you get out once a week at least or more? Um, it's, it's embarrassing, but I'll probably three or four times a week. Do you? The wife plays as well, you see, so I have to. Your boy, yeah. Or in somewhere in, in the week. For, oh, for listen, me. listen, you're playing it down here altogether. Don't believe a word I mean, that Ronnie Whelan you know, tells you. No, before you go, the bad part is. She's a lot of handicap to me. Oh, so so good. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, come on, come on, Ronnie. Anyway, well done to her. Fantastic. You're both handy, obviously, at the game. Well, look, it's great to have you with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I know people are going to enjoy you and all the celebrities coming to Seapoint Golf Club in County Louth. Uh, the big championship happening there, the Legends Tour, 22nd to the 25th of June. And Ronnie and all the celebs will be there on Thursday, the 22nd. Tickets are available from legendstour.com forward slash tickets and I have a pair of season tickets to give away which I'll tell you about after this short break Ronnie Whelan it's been a pleasure thank you so much thank you very much good luck take care bye bye it's the wonderful Ronnie Whelan there talking to me on late lunch this afternoon okay I have a pair of season tickets to give to one of you this afternoon to go along to the Legends Tour that's coming to Seapoint Golf Club in County Loud between the 22nd and the 25th of June Two season tickets for one winner today on late launch gets you in each of the days there. Here's the question. On a par five hole, if I shoot an eagle, if I score an eagle on a par five hole, how many shots did it take me to get the golf ball into the cup or the hole? I'll say it once more. On a par five hole, if I shoot an eagle, how many shots did it take me to get the golf ball into into the cup or hole. Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text for those pair of season tickets to the Irish Legends coming to Seapoint Golf Club. Check out legendstour.com forward slash tickets for all of the information there. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful occasion. I only actually ever, would you believe, would you believe this, Louise, in me, and I'm not, I'm a latecomer to golf, a bit like Ronnie myself, to be honest with you, but I only ever got two eagles ever playing golf. Two eagles. Now, don't don't ask me any more questions because I don't want to give away the answer. I only. I'd only look stupid if I asked it's, it's any questions. Anyway. It, it'd be very. It's very difficult. And twice, and I remember both of them well. So I did. One really? was in Port Marnock, and one was in Baltray. Only twice I ever had an eagle in my life. Plenty of birdies, pars, loads of bogeys and double bogeys. Oh, don't many get times me started. did you shout for? <laughs> No, actually, I'm very, <laughs> fairly out straight with the with Would the you driving. Not do it for the crack, no. 
oh God, you wouldn't do that. People would be ducking and diving all over the place. You'd be someone out on the golf course. You'd do it for devilment, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. I know you would. I know you would. She'd do it for devilment. She would indeed. It's folks. like waving at people when you pass them in the car just to see their reaction. Yeah, for. <laughs> anyway, wasn't Ronnie great? Really enjoyed talking to yeah, Ronnie he Whelan. Was. He so was down to earth, brilliant. isn't he? Ah, he's such a nice man. He really, really is. It's all about Gruig for the next while on Late Lunch. Yes, we're talking hairdressing and I'm delighted to welcome back Back to late lunch, Elma McMahon, who's a senior training advisor with LMETB, and Rosie McGuigan, who's a hairdressing instructor. Welcome, ladies. So good to see you in studio this afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Uh, Rosie, can I start with yourself? I suppose, you know, uh, for, for listeners today, we're going to talk about an apprenticeship in hairdressing. Now, my impression as a man was that for a girl or a boy in previous years, you'd go into a salon, you'd start washing hair, doing bits and pieces, and you'd work your way through. Was that the traditional way? That's the way it was. That's the way it was. And every salon was different. Every salon did the best they could. But no standard. No Mm. level standard. So this is such an exciting programme now. Um, We're going into our third year now in Dundalk, and it's it's just amazing. It's growing and growing all the time. And for you, how did you come to hairdressing? Do you mind me asking you? I came to hairdressing. I was born to be a hairdresser. <laughs> Were really. you? I loved hairdressing. Yeah. Uh, and I I know the background of it because when I was at school and everything, no teacher wanted to, or career guidance wanted to advise you that way because it was for dunces. What? Stupid people. Oh That's, my God. Yeah. Now maybe I that am, was, but... <laughs> Indeed, you're not. I've come no, but this. isn't isn't that a shocking indictment of the attitude, the yeah. thought process there was? That yeah. holy God Almighty! Yeah, you I'm, are skilled, talented. Look what you do for everybody. Yeah, but it wasn't seen like right. that. Right? Okay, that's changed. That day is gone. Yeah, yeah. Long God. Yeah, and it's about time we got recognition for the skill that we have. Yes, absolutely, one hundred. But you were a bit different as well because you didn't just progress through the salon, did you? You went to school. Yes, I did. I applied and I got um, I got in. I actually went to Calvin College for the studies and I did my qualification there. Um, I did work experience while I did that. And like members of the public, people I worked with maybe, didn't understand it and sort of sniggered, laughed. This one's going to college to do hairdressing. Mm. But I knew I wanted a qualification. I didn't know where I was going in life, but I knew I needed that piece of paper. And it was great. It was a great base for me. Mm. So then I was so interested in teaching. And when you have a passion for something, you want to share it. So it gave me a platform then to go ahead then and do that. Good on you. So this apprenticeship programme in Dundalk, how many times have you run this programme? Is this the third, is it? We're, We're entering into the third year in November. Yeah. But there'd never been prior to this, am I right in saying, an apprenticeship Never an apprenticeship program for hairdressing yeah. prior to this. Never trailblazers. So yeah, yeah, and I mean it was started like it's a formal standard qualification. Now it's nationally recognised, mm. so it's an amazing opportunity. And I mean this came together with um, at the consortium of industry and uh, educational providers. Then mm. and Limerick and Clare ETB was appointed as the the providers and LMETB now are one of those so 
Good on you. Well done, well done. And we have to mention Dunboyne are starting their first programme too in County Meath, aren't they? They are, I think, this year. Yeah. Yes, so that's important to say. Yeah. So it will be available from Dunboyne College as well. So what does the programme entail? How, how long is it for? How many days a week? What's the story? OK, so it's a three-year, a minimum of three-year apprenticeship programme. Um, so the apprentices are in the salon and we call that on the job. We're uh, four days a week and 80% of the training takes place there. Then one day in college, which is called off the job. So 20% of that, of the work takes place there. But like we cover all the theoretical part of the hairdressing, the science, all of that. Um, and we actually go through the practical as well. So they do assignments, they do MCQs and it's a good combination of both. Mm. So three years, four days on the job and one day in the educational environment. Yes. And at the end of that, you come out with? Uh, level 6 QQI Advanced Cert in hairdressing. Terrific. Nationally recognised. It's very important and I always say that to anybody, that piece of paper and not alone nationally, if you ever decide to you know, go somewhere else as well. It's yours there too, we have to say. Let's bring Elma McMahon into the conversation. Good to see you again. Oh, brilliant. It's great to be back after all the COVID and everything else. That's right. You ain't been here. I haven't been in pre-COVID times. Isn't it just wonderful? I know, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Elma, who can apply for this apprenticeship? Is there a... Let's start with age-wise. Age-wise, it's a minimum age of 18. And generally it's the leaving cert, although there are other avenues that you can get in. But I mean, like, it's just this is one of the apprenticeships that I actually do believe in. Like the the, there's 66 apprenticeships now and the hairdressing is one of these that probably would have started in the false days as well. So it's kind of continuation of, of that, of like just a progression of working on the job and in the salon. And as you're saying about like being a nationally recognised qualification, it's an internationally recognised qualification. Yes. You mm. can travel and it's on a par with our electricians and our motor mechanics who are unfortunately leaving our shores to go to Canada and Australia and everything else. Our hairdressers are leaving as well and they're going off for a year or two years and what a wonderful way to discover the world with the piece of paper in your back pocket and you can work anywhere in the world. That is it. so important. So 18 years of age minimum. Is there a ceiling on the age? Would no, you say? There's no, there's no ceiling at on all. the age. No, we've had um, actually Loudon Mead registered the oldest apprentice there in Ireland there a couple of years ago. We registered someone who was over 65 and that was in one of the new 2016 so there's no old age and there is a lot of people that are maybe working in salons for 30 40 years and they're saying do you know what I never got the piece of paper I'm going back and it doesn't matter age doesn't matter you're in the room with like young people old people it doesn't matter it's just fantastic and like when I go into the salon the training salon to meet all of the girls they're just they're just loving it. Mm. And I will say that at the moment it's all girls in the training salon. That's not the way it is throughout Ireland. There is um, a lot of male apprentices. But at the moment in Dundalk, we have um, female only apprentices. So we would welcome male apprentices into it. And as well as that. Come on, boys. Come Hello, on, boys. boys. <laughs> Where are you? Let's are be having you. They want be, you'll be a history maker. Well, not only that, but for any salon that takes on a male hairdressing apprentice they're actually entitled to a grant under the gender bursary and that's new from the first of the first 2022 so there is a financial incentive for a salon to take on a male apprentice Mm. 
And 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 that point you made there about people qualifying and you know people decide then to perhaps uh, spread their wings and go for yeah. a couple of years, even though it annoys people as well yeah. after going through a program, etc. Um, that is a, a, a point that you can go anywhere. And we want to emphasise with this, but it means also, I'm sure, that the opportunities in Ireland there are many, plenty there, of opportunities. There, there are many opportunities. I mean, like. The same with all apprenticeships, like we have carpenters and electricians go through. They don't always end up working for someone else. They end up with their own businesses. And that has never been truer for the ones that would go through this hairdressing apprenticeship. They will have the qualification. They'll be taught all of the skills they can set up on their own. Like, you know, as well as, as Rosie has shown, go on into teaching or management or work in a training centre or anything like that. It's not like that you're going to be in the same place all the time. Mm. There is any routes the world is your oyster once you go on any training or education programme I mean the only thing that's stopping you is yourself That four days out on the job do you have uh, what would I say um, a number of hair salons who you know make themselves available to you people to place your apprentices is that the way? Yeah absolutely we have um, a present over 20 salons um, who would have taken part in the apprenticeship programme. So the apprentices will come to us and a lot of the times we'll find uh, the salon will enter an apprentice for first year, then they'll have someone for second year. They're ringing up going, you know what, I've got third year. So it's really very positive. All the salons involved, very, very positive and the apprentices are enjoying it. Mm. If you enjoy something, you love what you're doing and you enjoy it. I mean, it's the best of the Are you looking for other salons or are you happy with the number you have? We're we're, we're presently looking for the ones that are starting on our third tranche. So, like, we're looking for new salons, new apprentices. So this is appealing out to anyone that's maybe not already on our programme if they want to take on someone. But, like, we know who your listenership is. We know that all the mammies and daddies are listening now. So it's like you've been hearing, the mammies have been hearing, all I want to do is be a hairdresser. Contact us contact us we'll see can we place you somewhere if you contact www or apprenticeship at lmetb.ie so apprenticeship at lmetb you'll get in contact with me my name is Alma and I'll be able to get you in touch with um, Rosie or any of the the lads and the other thing is that we're having an open day we're having two three open mornings so it's going to be next Monday and Tuesday so the 29th and the 30th of May and then the following Tuesday because Monday is the bank holiday on the 6th of June and we're going to have the salon open mammies, daddies, young people whatever salons anyone can drop in have a cup of tea talk about the apprenticeship see does it suit we'll help you through any of the questions that you have because obviously there'll be more questions that people will be having mm. and it's, it's just and that open day is where those open mornings should they're I going say. to be in the salon in Dundalk in Dundalk yeah. in the LMETB no, no no it's going to be in it's in Dundalk Brewery Park but if you email me okay. apprenticeship at lmetb.ie all the information is there so yeah. it's at Dundalk Brewery Park and those open mornings are important if you want to go along as a salon owner as a parent, as somebody who wants an apprenticeship, this is your opportunity now. I have to say, Rosie, and I've interviewed many. Uh Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Of the great hairdressing people of the Northeast over the years, it's a real, uh, what would I say, it's a special job because, I, I said this before, you become so close to your client, don't you? Yeah, you do, you do. And you build a relationship and, you know, a lot of them become more than family. Mm. They tell you things that you wouldn't hear. (laughs) Is that true? What's said in the salon (laughs) stays in the the salon. salon. Absolutely. I've heard that many times. I say that, that it's like, you know, an hour of hairdressing and a counselling session. All in one. You love what you do. Absolutely. And I love to have the apprentices there because they want to be there. Mm. And it's lovely to pass on, you know, that passion and to see it growing. Yes. Well, listen, you're great to drop in and tell us today and offer this opportunity to people across the North East and beyond. Remind us again, Elma, where the information is available. So you can get all of the information on www.hairdressingapprenticeship.ie or else you can email apprenticeship at lmetb.ie. And someday I could be dropping in myself. Not a chance. Oh, Jesus, look at this. There's nothing You're to be done here than at all. Welcome. We put extensions on. <laughs> Imagine me with extensions and all with the Lord Almighty. Now you have me really amused this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Rosie McGuigan and Elma McMahon. It's been great. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Thanks, Sarah. Sarah. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm supposed to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Yeah, going back to the year 2000 today and My Girl. I just had to because she has a new single that looks like it's going up, up, up the charts at the moment. But this one was Kylie Minogue's. You won't believe this. It was her seventh number two. Do you know how many? She said ten altogether. This was the seventh one that just fell short of top spot in the UK charts. It was released on the 11th of September 2000. Here it is, our two on Tuesday, Miss Kylie Minogue.
Miss Kylie Minogue two on Tuesday this Tuesday afternoon with On A Night Like This I'll tell you if you go to a Kylie gig and that comes on the place just goes absolutely ballistic anyway what was the song that kept that wonderful Kylie Minogue song off the top spot now this mightn't get much of an air and I can assure you on late lunch this afternoon but let's have a listen to Mojo and Lady here we go Mojo and Lady, the song that prevented Miss Kylie Minogue in the year 2000 making number one with the brilliant On A Night Like This. So what do you think, Louise, I'm going to say here? I think Kylie was robbed. Wasn't she? Mm, yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't write that song. Thank you so much. <laughs> you have just made my day. I'm going to agree with you with Kylie on this one. Ah, yeah. well done to you. And it wouldn't be my favourite Kylie song by any means, no. but... Well, I'll tell you when she spins she it robbed. and you're in the concert hall with her. <gasps> the place just goes wild. But isn't that incredible to think that she had 10 songs that made it to number two in the UK charts, didn't make number one. She had seven number ones, by the way. Mojo had one. And that was it. They were there for two weeks. But anyway, Miss Kylie. Sure, I could do Kylie for the next nine weeks on the two and Tuesday. What do you, you think? Could, yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Don't get crack. me going off of the crack. It's right. <laughs> Anyways, there you go. We'll bring you another one next Tuesday afternoon. Um, just see news coming in that Ralph Harris has passed mm, away 93. at 93 years of age. And of course, I, I think I was saying to you earlier, when I was growing up, he was a hero. Yeah. And he went from hero to, to zero. zero. He really yeah. did, you know, such a disappointment like many others as well. But he's gone and uh, he has to answer to somebody or something for uh, what happened in this life. But uh, that news just coming through round about lunchtime as we came on air this afternoon. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Have you a question? Well, before I go to the break, thank you. A number of people saying thank you so much for featuring hairdressing on the show this afternoon. Thank you indeed for those lovely comments. And as well, somebody wants to know, Enfield could a salon in Enfield take part? I'm sure Dunboyne is is doing it yep. as well. So we'll we'll Enfield we'll, isn't too far from not at all. Dunboyne. We'll put you in touch and we'll uh, take that on a further step for you. We promise. Vet Sinead Kelly joins us again. Hi Sinead. Hi Jerry, how are you? I'm great, and thank you for taking time to be with us again this afternoon. Straight to business. Here's a question, and it's uh, uh, this is what it says. A strange one, Jerry, for Sinead, but would you ask her anyway? I have a Springer Spaniel, almost a year old, and he's taken to eating gravel. What oh. can I do? Gravel. Oh, okay, okay. So, first of all, I, if he suddenly started doing it at the age of one when he didn't before, um, we would call that uh, what we call pica, so a, a kind of a depraved appetite. Now, often, like puppies and young dogs, um, they they would might you know try and chew on stones or swallow stones. Uh, so that's not that unusual for a puppy to do from a young age, but to suddenly start at the age of one is a little strange. And I suppose, first of all, you just want to make sure that there's no signs maybe that we're losing weight or any sickness or diarrhea or any we're not on a complete diet. Because occasionally, if um, if we have, say, a nutritional imbalance, that might drive us uh, or drive the dog to kind of try and look for something elsewhere, which might, might be a reason why they might suddenly start nibbling on the gravel. Um, presuming that that's all okay, so if the dog is otherwise well and healthy, 
healthy on a good diet, um, then number one thing is you need to prevent this because eat small little pieces of gravel, if they just eat two or three, might just pass through, you know, totally fine. But if they're eating that repeatedly, it is going to build up and form an obstruction in the stomach and small intestine and the only way that's going to come out is going to be um, by surgical removal so certainly I think from a kind of damage limitation point of view the first thing you need to do is, is fence that area off or, or you know try and prevent access because that mm. is going to cause a problem definitely um, trying to stop the puppy doing it I mean you're looking at the usual kind of positive reinforcement you know if you're able to when you're out there and you see the puppy going for it, the dog go for it call him back reward him for coming back um, um, but, you know, it can be very difficult. So many dogs, they love exploring the world through chewing, eating, nibbling, gnawing. So if he's got this fixation, I think it's going to be something you're going to have to make sure he can't do it. And just make sure that there's nothing that's triggered him to do that. As I say, there's no kind of issue with that he's not absorbing his food properly or things like that. But, yeah, you need to fence that area off or get rid of it totally. Yes, and that is important because if you get the obstruction, well, you're in oh, trouble. That yeah, is for it's sure. Like it's, it's, it's major abdominal mm, surgery. The mm. dog risk go with that. If your dog isn't insured, it's going to be very expensive. Yes. Um, you know, and it's certainly nobody wants their dog to have to go through major surgery. So I, I definitely think a, lo- a lot of people will say, well, yeah, a little bit of gravel, so that'll pass through. But what tends to happen with these dogs, I've seen it before, is especially dogs who maybe eat little small stones or pebbles, they'll be doing it subtly day by day, week by week, and then all of a sudden, you know, you'll just get a complete obstruction then, and that's where, that's where it shows up. So um, definitely something to, to try and prevent, and just make sure that there'll be no change in diet or we've not had an issue with this dog that for some reason he's not absorbing all his nutrients properly um, and that he's not going for this because he's feeling like he's, uh, you know, his, his body is telling him to because he's lacking something. Great. Thank you for that, Sinead. Uh, time of the year, I think, has prompted this. And could you ask Sinead, Jerry, is it necessary to wash my dog? And is it necessary regularly? Two-part no. question. There. Okay. So what I always say to people is there is absolutely no need to wash your dog unless A, they have rolled in something disgusting, or B, if they have a, a, a specific skin disease. So most kind of skin diseases, especially say allergic skin disease, chronic dermatitis, um, these dogs will have very unbalanced, irritated, inflamed skin. And as part of their management protocol, the vet will often prescribe a certain type of medicine shampoo. Um, any other time, you know, there is zero need to wash your dog. And actually, you're kind of going to be causing a, a, a problem because even using, using specific doggy shampoos, which have the right pH and the right ingredients that are not going to, you know, shouldn't irritate their skin, dogs' coats are self-cleaning. There really is no need for, for, for washing them. So obviously, there's occasions when they'll, they'll roll in. I mean, Cleo had a great way of finding, you know, dead rotten seals or a bit of manky dead fish or something somewhere and because their their drive is especially as their predator species they they have this drive to roll in things that smell disgusting because from an evolutionary point of view that would um, give them some kind of disguise when they were chasing their prey animals because they wouldn't smell like dog now you think that the animals would be like well what the hell is this coming towards me smelling like this but that's what the driver is so um, unless they've rolled in something disgusting or unless you've been advised by your vest that you know your dog has chronic skin issues and we need to use this or that shampoo no now there's a whole market out there in selling shampoos for dogs especially dogs who go to the groomers but as I say you know it's, 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 it's really really not something you need to do and if you do it 
unnecessarily, excessively, you can trigger irritation, inflammation, and you'll upset the balance a wee bit. I mean, normally, if they just go out and get a bit muddy, hose them down if you can, or get them in a, you know, a, get some a, a basin of warm water, get each foot in the warm water. But but no, I and mean, some people say to me, oh, the dog smells. And um, I'd be like sticking my nose there in this dog's coat going, no, that's just dogs. <laughs> so certainly we can get smells coming from dogs' coats yeah. if they have, say, a skin infection or seborrhea. And they will be cases where you would be going to the vet and getting that condition treated. And part of that might be a shampoo. But no, otherwise, there really is no need. What is important at this time of year is looking at your tick prevention, your flea prevention, um, you know, because this time of year is when they're certainly um, spring and autumn, the ticks are on the move and they're out and about in, in the long grass. So if you have a dog and you're going out with them in, in grassy areas, certainly discuss with your vet about the different kinds of tick treatment, either there's oral or topical preventers. Um, and again, fleas are present all year round, but people often just think about them in the spring and summer. And that's just because traditionally um, more dogs are out and about. It's easier for them to spread from dog to dog or dog to cat or cat to dog or um, things like that. So they're the things that are much more important to think about than, than washing your dog. So uh, I definitely, you, you're saved that job. You don't need to go and do that job today, really. Yes, that's it. I, I only actually, my Flamessi Messi gets washed when he goes for a swim, but that's it, to be honest with you. And you're right. Yeah, and the, the salt, that's actually, thank you for reminding me of that, Jerry. Yeah, so if they've been out in the salt water, it's definitely a good idea to, to rinse them off, yeah. just to hose them down. But you really, I mean, you really do not need to be working in some fancy bubbles or shampoo into them. And as I say, the risk with that is always that you, it can be difficult to get everything fully rinsed out and then that can cause a little bit of irritation. So, so no, there's there's no no need for it unless they rode and manky stuff, or or we have a, a kind of ongoing skin issue there. There you are. Now, Sean's obviously been listening to us talking about the young dog and eating the gravel. Sean uh, says my little French bulldog is very partial to bird droppings. He's three years old. Would they harm him? They might do. So a lot of them, they probably won't. It's just fecal material from another species. But um, in as 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 part of a kind of normal um, kind of population of bacteria in in birds' droppings, you can have E. coli bacteria, some of which can cause illness in our animals. Um, you can also have Campylobacter, Salmonella. These are bacteria that that will cause vomiting and diarrhea. Um, and so certainly, you know, I would try and discourage it if possible. Most of the time, you'll be fine. You'll get away with. But um, certainly there is a risk of infectious disease, so try and limit it. And especially if you are somebody maybe, I don't know the circumstances of this little Frenchie, but if they're living in a house or a garden, say, where the owner is regularly feeding the birds, there's often um, a lot of build-up of bacterial contamination um, of the of the feeding stations and the, the, the different kind of hanging baskets and things like that. Um, and so then if, if, if you get the dog sniffing around, might you know, one of the, the, the bird feeders might fall on the ground, the dog's licking the outside, of it, you, you can actually get quite a build-up of bacteria there. So it's probably best to try and avoid it. But if your dog is done at the odd time, you don't do anything. You don't need to do anything prophylactic. We're either going to get a bit of an upset tummy or we're not. So, so just try and avoid it, really. Now, on the feline front, we have an ageing cat. And I'm almost sure, without going to the vet, Jerry, that she has arthritis. When you move her limbs, she reacts to it. Should I take her to the vet or is there a proprietary arthritis treatment that Sinead can recommend? Okay, so yeah, definitely go to the vet. So uh, especially if the cat's showing signs because cats are actually, um, I think I've said it before, they're very good at hiding signs of anything. And arthritis is actually really underdiagnosed in our elderly cats as opposed to our dogs. 
because we tend not to bring them for walks. We don't kind of throw balls for them. We don't get them to do big bursts of exercise. But in the same way that it happens to us, as we age, everybody gets wear and tear of their joints. So if you have a cat that's resentful of you touching their limbs or their joints when before they were fine, definitely worth a check about the vet. Um, There are no kind of, um, from the point of view of analgesia or anti-inflammatories, there's nothing that, that owners can use at home uh, for cats and there's no it's not safe in any way to give anything that we would have ourselves so cats are really really sensitive to things like paracetamol to ibuprofen I've seen in the past unfortunately owners think they're doing the right thing and they, they all get the baby calpol or the baby uh, neurofen and give it to the cat that, that can actually kill the cat because their kidneys just really can't cope with that so don't be trying to give any of your own pain relief and um, if you're looking for a, like a neutral supplement or what we call a nutraceutical there's lots of different feeds that are supplemented say with chondroitin and glucosamine and the omega-3 fatty acids which yes they're helpful for joint function but before going down the route of you know spending money on fancy diets or or supplements you're probably better getting a, a physical exam at the vet and and then they can they may be able to make a diagnosis based on clinical exam or they may suggest doing a little bit of investigation as well before there are a few licenses anti-inflammatories we can use in cats we would usually advise a blood test to check that their liver and kidneys are, are, are okay for that so it's definitely something you should chat about with the vet and, and not try yourself because you, you may cause some problems and you may miss some problems the other thing as well is Cats are such mysterious creatures as opposed to as opposed to dogs. They're they're also often we might see an elderly cat coming in for one problem. We would often just advise a routine blood screen to check everything else is okay. And sometimes, you know, even though the owner might not have noticed anything significant, the cat might be in the early stages of uh, an overactive thyroid gland or kidney disease or diabetes. All things that we can try and manage and make better. So always a good idea. Um, if you're not bringing your cat say every year for booster vaccination, if it's not an outdoor or a cat, that, that's fine. But think of even just going for a, a checkup every 12 months just to monitor weight, the vet can listen to the heart, um, have a good old feel of everything and, and, and discuss kind of screening blood. In the same way that we as humans, we, we kind of might go for a, an mm. MOT or, you know, a, a well woman or a well, well man clinic when we get to a little bit older, our age. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's certainly something to, to think yes. about. So, so definitely worth going to the vet, definitely. And there's lots of things can be done. Often people say to me time and again, I was afraid to come in I thought you would say there'd be nothing you could do and like there's so many things that can be done Great that's uh, wonderful Sinead look we'll leave it there for today always appreciate you joining us fantastic as usual and please God we'll chat next month again Absolutely chat soon Jerry. thanks a million Take care that's our vet Sinead Kelly on your late lunch I can't believe it is 18 years ago but 18 years ago today Amy McCabe Claire McCluskey Deirdre Scanlon Lisa Callan and Sinead Ledwidge boarded a bus round about this time to travel home from school. They never arrived. Because 18 years ago, the Kentstown bus crash happened on this very day. I'll never forget it myself, getting the phone call. At home, I was having a little bit of food and Eamon Doyle rang me from here. Deirdre Hurley was in the newsroom at the time and said, can you get to the hospital quickly? Something major has happened in Kentstown. We need somebody there soon. And I'll never forget the fleet of ambulances coming in to the Lourdes Hospital, carrying the injured, those who died as well, and those five girls' families' lives changed for 
ever. 18 years ago today. It's hard to believe, isn't it? I want to remember them today. Think of them and their families on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio with this. David Cassidy with in my book the greatest version of that song ever in memory of Amy McCabe Claire McCluskey Deirdre Scanlon Lisa Callan and Sinead Ledwidge who lost their lives tragically in the Kentstown bus crash 18 years ago today we remember them think of them always of their families and everybody affected by that awful tragedy so on a par five hole, I've only ever had two eagles in my lifetime. How many strokes or shots did it take to get into the hole? The answer I was looking for is three. So it's two less than par. To get in a three and a par five is remarkable. I'll, the the memories that will stick with me. From, I never had a hole in one on the golf course, by the way. I never, never had the fortune to have. But anyway, uh, three was the answer I was looking for. And I have a pair of season tickets for the Legends Tour that's coming to Seapoint Golf Club between the 22nd and the 25th of June. The stars are there. There's one of, Ian Woos, a major winner, is going to be there and available to everyone. He's only one of the names. There are a string of major winners, big tournament winners, all coming there to play in this Legends event. Our own Paul McGinley will be there. You heard Ronnie Whelan talking earlier about some of the stars he's played with in the Celebrity uh, Series 2. So, the season tickets, a pair going today to Anthony McCormack. Well done to you. Those pair of tickets are yours. I will have more tickets to give away uh, as I talk to uh, more celebrities and players who'll be taking part in the event at Seapoint between the 22nd and 25th of June. Tickets available from legendstour.com forward slash tickets uh, check it out there if you want to get involved in any other way as well participating or whatever it, the information is all there check it out now let's do this on late lunch five four three two one counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear 
And today it's the number four from this very week in 1979. And it's taken from their sixth album called Voulez-Vous. Ah, you know who I'm talking about now, don't you? Yes, you do. Another top five hit in the UK for ABBA. In fact, uh, I think number four where we have it today was the highest position it reached in the charts. But anyway, at that stage, ABBA could have recorded three blind mice and it would probably have gone to number one. But here it is, the number four from this week in 1979. It's Abba, and does your mother know? Number four in our top five countdown this week. This very week in 1979, ABBA and Does Your Mother Know on your late lunch. The Chelsea Flower Show is on at the moment. I was watching it last night. It's on all week. Oh, it's absolutely terrific. It's somewhere I'd love to go uh, one year to just experience it. But anyway, um, an Irish gardener won gold at Chelsea, Billy Alexander. He's from down south. Uh, He's of Kells Bay Gardens in Kerry. But here's the interesting thing. When he was talking about the gold medal and winning it, he gave great credit to Hanlon Transport. And Hanlon Transport, of course, are from County Louth in terms of their transporting his ferns and other plants over to the show in London, which was really lovely to hear. And it's a great kudos for Hanlon Transport to be mentioned uh, by Billy Alexander. Congratulations to him on winning gold at Chelsea. Magnificent. And to Hanlon Transport for being acknowledged as playing a part in his gold medal. Nice to hear that. Late launch LMFM radio this Tuesday afternoon after the break. Well, if you're a Corrie fan, you do know... No, there's a big wedding coming up. It's the second of the year and it sees uh, the wonderful Gemma Winter marrying the love of her life, Chesney Brown. But the big talking point is the wedding dress and we're talking about it on Late Lunch next. Gemma Winter and Chesney Brown are tying the knot on Coronation Street but all the talk is about the dress she's wearing. Listen to this. It has a train seven metres long and she wanted it even longer, but they had to rein her in for sure. And it has 125 metres of tiny fairy lights built into the train itself that are activated by a remote control. And here's the thing. It's a bright, bright orange colour. Well, what does somebody in the business make of it? I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Vanessa Crosby, the manager of the Bridal Studio in Drogheda's Southgate. Hello, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good, Jerry. Not a bother. How are you? I'm grand. What do you make of this incredible dress? Well, it is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a walk around. I think it's brave. Um, in the real world, I don't know if anyone would be that brave to go orange. That big, possibly, but that orange, I don't know about the orange. So that large and with that trail would be a thing that happens, you know, when you're it talking about be. seven metres. Yeah, yeah, not very often, Jerry. Like, we would have, like, you know, girls looking for ball gowns a lot of the time. Ball gowns are really big in. But I think that big, and I think with the fairy lights, I think a fire has it more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, no, you'd have girls looking for ball gowns. Sometimes, like, we'd have um, brides wanting to be different. Mm. But when they try different, they think, oh, well, maybe I'm not as bridal and they don't feel as bridal if they're not in their ivory mm. dress. But then you'd have brides would come in and they'd pick, like we do Deb's dresses as well. So like the Debs have ball gowns and stuff like that. So you'd have brides coming in and they want to wear a red ball gown or 
even a blue one, purple, mm. whatever goes, I suppose it's just a reflection of their own personality, really. Mm. But would it still be a minority who'd go for uh, garish colours? Not really. Yeah, yeah well, you know, well, a minority, sorry, yeah, yes. you would. Um, yeah. I think the strain, the most out there I would have probably, would have been black. Okay. Um, but the whole team of it was really cool. So, I mean, mm. you, you kind of like when you hear people's stories and what they're doing and the plans and how creative they are, like, you couldn't help but love the whole, yeah. you know, wedding around the, the dress as well, mm. like, you know. But I have never heard of orange. Never. Oh I've been asked for an orange dress. Uh, I'm looking at the picture here and I have to say, I think I need my sunglasses on, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. The, the lights thing is unusual as well. Now, the remote control, she can turn them on or off and flash them or whatever. It's nearly like Christmas time, you know, <laughs> with the fairy lights. <laughs> yeah, we all like a bit of light. Now, yeah. Venus, I suppose they tied it in really well, and they've colour coordinated mm. all very well. Like it's it's cleverly done. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you 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 being the expert, have your doubts? But you've seen the, the black dress, the blues, the black, reds. Blue, yeah, red, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, we have a lot of dresses that would have like like sand undertone, sand as a colour, or champagne or nude, and they'd be quite popular. Mm. You know, so like I mean, they're definitely um, there's definitely a change. Like whereas. I suppose years ago there would have been a lot of white dresses yeah. and people will arrive at weddings now and say, oh, the white dress is fabulous. But realistically, the, most, the only white dresses we actually have in our shop are communion dresses. Um, we have, I think we have one white wedding dress left and the majority are all ivory. Yes. So as much as they look white and crisp and traditional, they're actually more ivory. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easier colour to wear. But no, nothing, nothing orange. Mm. Nothing and, that brave. And, and you mentioned ball gown there, which this is uh, quite obviously. What are the styles? What are the other styles that are popular at the moment? So you'd have um, like soft A-lines. So it'd be like a ball gown shape, but like just not as much um, underneath it, I suppose. It would kind of flow a little bit more and, you know, a little bit easier to wear. Um not as heavy mm. um, and then you'd have a lot of well fitted dresses lace is always in lace ju- is just kind of a traditional fabric that never really goes out you know um, there's a lot of plunge do you know plunging neckline mm. so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've been asked for see through dresses <laughs> really believe it or not yeah <laughs> um, and they're actually quite um, they're getting quite popular as well now obviously they have you know detail where detail needs to be but in general yeah. see through yeah is, a, is becoming a thing <laughs> There you go. I learn so much on this show yeah. every day, I have to say, from my guests. I have to say, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Anyway, the, the, the other thing is, you know, lengthwise, uh, generally, you know, uh, trailing behind to the ankle. And any, anyone ever, you know, come up a little bit, you know, to the knee or below the knee or is that... Yeah. 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 Again, it's, I suppose it's down to per- people's personalities as well. Like the T-length dresses... Um, is a very definite theme kind of going on with the wedding. Now, not as much now. A few years ago, you'd have a lot of people coming in for a teal end dress, but not so much. They don't seem to be as much. Now, equally, it doesn't make it wrong. They are fabulous. And I can see the logic behind, I suppose, no minding. They can dance all night and, Mm. you know, have fabulous shoes. So it just depends on, yeah, it depends on the personality, really. Mm. And weddings now, uh, the church wedding, a lot of civil ceremonies in different places, never mind churches. Do you have a feel for that? Is it 50-50? Are people still interested in in church weddings or how does it pan out? Yeah, I think it's probably 50-50. Like, um, I've been to a civil ceremony. I was actually bridesmaid at a civil civil ceremony um, a couple of years ago and it was lovely. It was very Mm. personal and it was gorgeous. I got married myself in a church and I loved it and it was 
it was a lovely ceremony that I really enjoyed it again I think it just depends on the people yes and it, there's no rules anymore you know mm. there's not like a certain criteria somebody has to follow everyone just kind of does what they feel comfortable with which is lovely because that's the way it should be yeah you know yeah, absolutely. Anyway, the orange not for Vanessa Crosby and the people at the Bridal <laughs> Studio in Southgate <laughs> on the south side of Drogheda. You're great. Thank you so much for taking no our problem. call today. Thanks, Take, care. Take care. Bye, Bye. Vanessa. Bye. The lovely Vanessa Crosby there in uh, Bridal Studio in uh, outside of Drogheda. And we thank you for joining us. Orange, no, it doesn't do it for me either. That's a lot on late lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We'll see you tomorrow for midweek late lunch, 1.30 Wednesday. But we leave you today in the company of Tom Grennan. What a song with the wedding dress on the mind. Little bit of love. Lots of love at wedding. See you tomorrow. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end, trying to find my way back to you, cause I'm needing a little bit of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.